It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call it Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now with your home improvement project, your do-it-yourself dilemma. The number is 1-888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. We are here to help the do-it-yourselfers from becoming do-it-to-yourselfers with the right tips, the right advice, the right ideas to get your project done right the first time. Hey, coming up this hour, if you love the festive look of holiday decor, but sometimes the dread of the part that comes after the holidays are over, we can help. We've got decorating tips, tricks, and ideas to make decking the holes quick, easy, and most importantly, cleaning up the decorating a breeze. (laughs) And also ahead, if you happen to be dreaming of a white Christmas, you might also be dreaming of a new snowblower to help you with all of those snow removal duties that go along with that white Christmas. Well, we We've got expert advice on how to make cleanup easy by picking the perfect snowblower to help. Plus, learn how you can shave a full 10% off your energy bills this winter with a programmable thermostat. It might sound complicated, but this is actually a very doable DIY project that will definitely pay off this heating season with increased comfort and decreased energy bills. And as the weather gets chilly, certain metal parts of your house and car get a little harder to operate. That's why this hour we're giving away a six-pack of Liquid Wrench products to keep everything operating smoothly. It's worth about 20 bucks. going to go out to one caller that reaches us with their home improvement question at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Pick up the phone. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Jim in Tennessee is doing some drywall work. Tell us what's going on. Well, I'm finishing some drywall in my own house. I'm not skilled enough to end up with a nice, smooth finish using a <laughs> trowel, so I always end up sanding, and sometimes sanding, a lot of right? sanding, which makes a lot of dust and makes a mess. Do you have right. any tips for how to minimize that mess? Well, there's a there's an attachment that you can put on a wet-dry uh, vacuum that helps you sand and sucks the dust up at the same time. I see them all the time at home centers. Yeah, it's almost like a, a giant sanding sponge, but it's like a rectangular piece that attaches to the hose on your shop vac, and the sandpaper attaches to that. That's for hand sanding? Yes. Yeah, because you would hold, essentially, the hose on your vacuum and sand with that. Hmm, okay. And then that makes it... And you know, a lot of the pros, because they're sanding such long surfaces they also put the sanding block essentially same thing long rectangle with the sandpaper on top of it on a painter's stick to help them but that doesn't minimize the dust i mean the other thing you could do is use those plastic sort of is it called a zip wall tom yes zip and they sort of you know spring between your door frames and they create 
you know, they sort of trap you in that room and keep the dust all in there and keep it from traveling to the other rooms in the house. And if you do that, what you want to do is you want to stick a fan in the window and depressurize the space and then you know, open it up somewhere on the other side of the room so you get the sort of cross ventilation. Then when the dust gets in the air, it gets sort of pumped right outside. Okay, good. That minimizes it from getting through the rest of the house. Very good. Well, I appreciate the ideas. You're very welcome, Jim. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. We're back in South Carolina. You've got the money pit. How can we help you today? Uh, yes, I would like to know. Um, I live in an apartment, and uh, when someone above me walks across the floor, it, the floor squeaks. So I want to know how you, um, what's the best thing to do to fix that. Do you get along with your neighbor? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, is it a carpeted floor above you, or is it a hardwood floor? It's a um, carpet floor. Okay. Um, tile carpet and every time they walk across it it squeaks and it's really aggravating all right well the the tile is hard to deal with the carpet not so much now there's two ways to fix a, a squeaky floor through a carpet the first thing you need to do is identify where the floor joist is underneath the carpet and you can do that with a stud finder that will actually identify where the beam is and then you drive a nail you want to use a you can do this with a finish nail you want to get a, a big finish nail like a number 10 or number 12 you can actually drive it through the carpet at a slight angle right over the floor joist and then set it so it sort of pops through the bottom of the carpet. When you first drive it, it'll look like there's a dimple in the carpet. And you sort of grab the carpet nap and pull it up through the head of the nail, and it'll be invisible. But if you do that in two or three places around the squeak, that will tighten up the floor in that area. Because mm -hmm, what's happening is the subfloor underneath the carpeting is rubbing against the floor joist because there's movement. So if you could secure them together, you're going to silence that squeak. I mean, it's got to annoy them. Do they complain about it, or have you not mentioned it? Oh, yes, I have. They've heard it, and they know it's like that, too. Yeah. Uh, the, the owner of the building just, um, I just don't want to do it, so I'm trying to figure out what can I do. Well, this shouldn't void anybody's lease. This is an easy fix that you guys can do yourself without even letting the landlord know. Okay, great. Thank you. You're welcome, Rebecca. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Pick up the phone and give us a call. We'd love to give you a hand with what you're working on because we can help you with all of your holiday home improvements just in time for the big festivity. We're here for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, save your aching back and cut down on the time it takes to clear your driveway with a snowblower. We're going to help you pick the perfect one after this. The Money Pit is brought to you by Thermatrue Doors, the nation's leading manufacturer of fiberglass entry and patio door systems. Thermatrue Doors are Energy Star qualified and provide up to five times the insulation of a wood door. To learn more, visit Thermatrue.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we'd love for you to be part of the Money Pit. So pick up the phone and give us a call at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. And one lucky caller that we talked to on the air this hour is going to win a liquid wrench sample pack 
which includes five and a half ounce versions of the six most popular liquid wrench sprays. Now, this is a must-have for your toolbox. You are always going to have the right wrench for every job you're working on, and the Liquid Wrench Sample Six Pack retails for about eighteen dollars and is available nationwide at Lowe's and other major retailers. But it could be yours for free, so give us a call at one eight 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 Money Pit. 888-666-3974. Now, back when we were kids, Leslie, we were the snow throwers. I'm still a, the snow thrower. <laughs> it was a great way to make a few bucks back then. You know, if you're if you're if you're short a few dollars, you might well you might think about going up and down the street with that shovel again if it snows. <laughs> but you know, these days, uh, I think I am much more likely to throw out my back than anything else. So it's a good idea to put a little power behind the snow removal duties and think about investing in a snow blower, which brings us to this week's edition of How to Pick a Perfect, which is presented by snowblowersdirect.com. Mm-hmm. Now, here's one of the most common misconceptions about snowblowers or snow throwers, which are basically the same thing, is that you need a certain type of snow blower depending on the type of snow you get, which will then determine the type of snow blower you need. Not true. It's actually the surface that you need to clear which determines which type of snowblower you're going to get. Now, most of us have a paved surface, whether it's asphalt, concrete, or paving stones. For this surface, a single-stage snowblower is best. And that differs from a two-stage snowblower, which leaves a layer of snow and is good for gravel surfaces. A single-stage snowblower clears the snow right down to the surface using an auger that actually comes in direct contact with your driveway or your sidewalk. Now, a single-stage gas-powered snowblower clears a path that's usually about 21 or 22 inches wide and that's best for snowfalls that are less than eight inches now if you're in an apartment or a condo you can think about an electric snow thrower which is basically a power shovel and that might be the perfect alternative for small walks or driveways or even patios Mm -hmm. and if you want to learn more about single and two-stage snowblowers visit the experts at snowblowersdirect.com and they've got a step-by-step buying guide you sort of go through a bunch of questions what type of surface. It really goes through to help you decide the right snowblower for you. And it also gives you a variety of price points, which makes the selection process super easy. It's a great website, snowblowersdirect.com. That is where we go when we need the best in snowblower, snowblowersdirect.com. 888-666-3974. Let's get back to those phones. Leslie, who's next? Linda in Arizona's got an issue with the stove. Tell us what's going on. I have an electric range, and I had a recent power outage, and when the electric came back on, the top of the range works, the burners, but the oven does not, and the little lighted keypad on top, that does not come on. Mm, That Hmm. doesn't sound good. Sounds like there was a short somewhere. Yeah, it does sound like a problem with the control circuit. I'd be concerned about that. You're getting some burners that work and some that don't. You didn't take it apart, like nothing was cleaned or... No, nothing. But the entire top works, all the burners work. So because that happened, you know, the outage, I was thinking maybe there's a reset button somewhere. No, I'm not aware of any reset buttons on electric ranges. Okay. So it's yeah. just a short somewhere. I think that there's there's a problem with the range. Was was it a storm-related thing? Did you have, uh, you know, a lightning or electrical storm that could have uh, caused some damage? No, there was nothing like that. It just huh. went out. And then hmm. after a short while, it came back and on the, again. So the power in the entire house went on. Were you using the range at the same time? 
No, no, I wasn't mm-hmm. even here. But yeah, the entire house went that out. That is very strange. I mean, I would start by reaching out to the manufacturer just to see, you know, what the steps might be to repair something like this, because it could be something that they might service, you know, free of charge or have a recommendation or know of this reset. You know, we had a power outage and I happened to be using the dryer and um, I guess there was a surge and it completely fried the the entire dryer because the surge happened while the dryer was in operation. And that was it. Dryer in the garbage. You know, there's also an excellent uh, repair site for appliances that has experts and all the parts that you need to fix things. It's called repairclinic.com. They've been around for a long time. Uh, very good site. Uh, great information there. And they sell all of the parts that you might need to, uh, to make repairs and have the advice to actually install them, too. Okay, well, I'll give them a try. That will right. tell me what I need, I guess. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Carl in Michigan is calling in with a saggy bathroom floor. What is going on there? I bought a house about a year ago, and um, I guess I uh, didn't pay much attention. Uh, it's sagging towards the basement. And what I believe happened, judging from after going under and looking from the basement up, is that the... Um, Previous owners had allowed the tub to run over continuously over a period of years, oh and it rotted the timbers out. Oh, boy. Okay. And I'm trying to figure out an inexpensive way to do it, or do I have to go with an expensive way to do it? Well, the first thing you need to, to, to determine is how far along the decay is. If the decay has only impacted the uh, subfloor, then that's one thing. If the decay has impacted the floor joists, then that's another thing. Uh, floor joists. Floor joists, too? Yep. All right. Well, so here's what has to happen. You're going to end up having to take out the sink, take out the toilet uh, from the bathroom so you can have the ability to tear the floor up. You're going to take up the whole subfloor down to the floor joists. And then where the floor joists are right now, what you're going to try to do, and I can't tell you if this is absolutely possible because I can't see it, but what you're going to try to do is you're going to try to sister new floor beams against the old ones. So you're not going to take out the old ones. You're going to put new ones against it. Think of it as a splint. And you need to go end-to-end as long as possible on those sister beams. And that's going to reinforce what you have. And then you can rebuild the floor from the bottom on up. Yeah, you may have to get creative because there's going to be plumbing and wiring and all that in the way. But you want to get as, as many you know new beams against the old beams as possible so that you can carry the load. Okay, since that basement is not finished and I got, um, I, I can visually see the, the joists, is there any way that I could uh, maybe get like a, a jack, uh, you know what I mean, one of those jack deals and jack the bad, good board, the bad boards up and system them in from the bottom? Well, you want, the idea is to try to get them all in a line if you possibly can. Um, and you may need to temporarily lift them with a jack while you're doing that. But what you want to do is secure the old boards, the bad boards, to the good boards. Right. And, and, and if I can get that floor back leveled that way and put the sister joists in there, I, I'm good to go. You know what you think? Yeah. Do you have a second uh, bathroom in the house? Nope. Unfortunately not. <laughs> oh, man. So <laughs> you better plan this out carefully, my friend. Because you're okay. going to have to get it all done in one weekend. And in between, you're going to have to go uh, knock on the neighbor's door or something. 
Yeah, okay, so that's that's what it'll take, huh? Yes. The best way to do it would just be able to pull that floor up out of there. Yep, that's the best way. It's the easiest way to do it and essentially rebuild it. Okay. Good luck with that project, Carl. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Man, that's tough when you're doing a bathroom makeover and, and it's you only your got only one, one bathroom in the house. Rocky in Washington is doing a kitchen upgrade. How can we help you with that project? Yes, we installed new cabinets and countertops in our kitchen. I reinstalled the appliances, but the dishwasher has two mounting tabs along the top designed to screw into like a wood surface counter. Yep. And I'm trying to attach that to my granite countertop. I tried putting a daba silicone on each one and then clamping it, but that only lasted for about a week, so I okay. came to you. Yeah. So the question is, how do I drill a granite countertop? And the answer is very carefully. <laughs> um, you do need to drill into the top, and then what happens is you um, you will epoxy in a plug, essentially, that's uh, of a softer material that can actually take the screw. Now, you know, if you were to drill in there, for example, and then epoxy in a wood plug, then you could screw into the wood plug, and that's basically what you do. But drilling into this has to be done very, 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 very carefully. You need a masonry bit. You need a depth stop so that you don't go too deep. And although typically when you use a masonry bit, you use a masonry drill that vibrates. In this case, I wouldn't. I'd be very, very careful about it. By the way, who, who put the countertop in for you? Uh, a gentleman from another town that we hired. We hired both the cabinets and the countertops right. installed. And, and I'm just Any chance you could get them work. to come back and, and, and do this for you, perhaps when they're in the area? Because these guys do it all the time. Possibly, because we're talking about putting in one of those wireless switches for the garbage disposal anyway. All right. I would definitely recommend you go back to the installer because you've got a beautiful and very expensive countertop, and all you may, you may be able to do this successfully, one false move is going to make your wife hate you. Okay? So yeah. just to keep the peace, I'd get a pro in there for this one, because although it's not complicated, if you screw it up, it's going to be a big problem. All right. I appreciate your information. All right. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Just want to make sure we keep Rocky and his wife happy. <laughs> Happily there. married. Happily married, yeah. Can you imagine? All you hear from the from the kitchen is, oh, shoot, and there's oh pieces goodness. of countertop flying off all over the place. Well, and you know what? It's so funny. It's like you think you and myself, people who do home improvement projects all the time, when we were childproofing the kitchen, I got those magnetic locks for the kitchen cabinets. And, you know, they kept saying, oh, use a, a drill set so you don't drill through the cabinet door because you had to go in from behind. And I kept thinking, I'm not going to go through my wood cabinet door. Right. Sure enough, right through the right door. Right through, right? Right through the door. Yeah. And if I didn't learn my lesson the first time, I did it the second door as well. That's when I discovered how good the uh, the Minwax uh, wax crayons are for filling holes. Indeed. I once filled I once filled an entire eighth inch hole in a cabinet door with that stuff. Couldn't see it. <laughs> did you really? <laughs> You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, 10% can make a big difference, especially when it's 10% off of a big heating bill. We've got expert advice next on how just a couple of degrees can save you that much from the host of This Old House, Kevin O'Connor. And today's This Old House segment is brought to you by True Wax, makers of fine floor care products. We'll be back with Kevin O'Connor after this. On the Money Pit Radio Show, pick up the telephone, fix up. 
It is brought to you by SnowblowersDirect.com. Thinking about getting a snowblower? Check out SnowblowersDirect.com's interactive buying guides, recommendations, and customer reviews. Snowblower experts are available to help you pick the perfect snowblower. Visit SnowblowersDirect.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And as it turns chilly this time of year, think about all of those little furry creatures that are also looking for food and shelter. Unfortunately, they're looking for it in the same places that you look for it in your house. And we're talking about <laughs> the mice. Now is the time of year when they come streaming inside looking for a warm place to stay and a free meal to go with it. And that's definitely something you don't want to happen in your house. If you want to prevent it, head on over to moneypit.com and just search on Mouse Proof My House. You'll get all the tips and advice that you need to keep those furry creatures at bay. Josie in Pennsylvania needs some help with a flooring project gone awry. What happened? Well, um... The floor was, I had linoleum laid down, and it looked real good. And over a period of time, I waxed it with that floor, wax and shine stuff. Mm-hmm. And after a while, the, it started looking dingy looking. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to know how I could clean that up. It stood, it stood very well because it wasn't a real expensive linoleum. Okay, and your shorts, linoleum, not vinyl? Uh, lino, it's linoleum. It's, okay. it's yes. Because there's two different sort of homespun methods depending on the type of flooring. And for linoleum, if you want to remove some or all of the wax buildup, what you want to do is you're going to need white vinegar, a gallon of it, and a cup of cream of tartar. And you want to mix that solution until the cream of tartar is completely dissolved. And then you're going to take a scrub brush and dip it in your solution and apply it to the linoleum floor, you know, sort of gently and kind of in a rotating motion. And you're going to do that until the entire area that you're working on is covered. And then you can sort of scrub behind the areas that you're working on and wipe them up with cleaning towels, you know, like older, you know, bath towels, white is better, but whatever you've got that you use for cleaning. And you dip those in warm water and you don't really keep them very wet. You kind of wring them out just so that they're warm and damp. And then you sort of scrub that floor and that will actually dissolve the old wax. And you might need to go over some areas that have more buildup, you know, just a little bit more thoroughly to get that off. And once you're happy, you know, rinse that floor thoroughly with fresh, clean water and then dry it. Oh, wow. It's a lot of work, huh? But I'm it willing is. to do it. it you I mean, need it'll a do the trick, though. Yeah, you need a scrub brush, a large bucket, a gallon of white vinegar, a cup of cream of tartar, and a whole bunch of towels. Okay, very good. Okay, thank you so very much. You're very welcome, Josie. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Well, heating and cooling your home accounts for a third of your annual energy expenses. And a simple way to cut costs is by installing and using a programmable thermostat. Here to tell us more about it and why it has such a great payback is This Old House host, Kevin O'Connor. Hey, Kevin. Great to be here, guys. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. Now, exactly how much can that programmable thermostat save you? Well, I think if you use it properly and you've got an older, non-programmable model in the house, the difference can be almost 10% of your heating and cooling bill, which is pretty dramatic for such a simple little item. And that's a lot. Now, you said use it properly. Let's talk about that because we've all got a lot of crazy schedules these days. 
when do you turn the heat up and when do you turn it down? Well, one of the worst things you can do is sort of just have a thermostat and say, I want the house to be 72 degrees and never think about it again. Because let's face it, right? We all know this drill. We get up in the morning, we have certain requirements of the house, and then we leave for a big chunk of the day. And we don't need to keep the air conditioning on while we're not there. We don't need to keep the heat on while we're not there. And we don't need to keep it on at a level when only one of us is there instead of the five or six of us are there. So obviously, we use these thermostats to condition the house to the level we want when we want it. And because it gives you that flexibility to program it, to use the timer, you're going to be much more inclined to adjust your energy use accordingly. And we're not saying, you know, just have it come on right when you're walking in the door. It makes sense to have that heating or cooling sort of happen an hour, two hours, whatever it might be before you're coming back into the property, correct? Well, I mean, we're heating and cooling our houses so that they're comfortable, right? So Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with using energy. (laughs) It's the wasting of the energy that we don't want. So sure, I mean, if you know you're coming back at six o'clock and you want to come back to a warm house, well, then that's your decision. Turn the thing on at five o'clock. But turn it on at five o'clock as opposed to leaving it on at mm-hmm. 7 a.m. That's where you're going to save energy and save a couple bucks. And that's gotten a lot easier because these thermostats are getting so much smarter these days. I mean, they could, even though when holidays happen. So you could program it to come up an hour before you wake up in the morning and then go down when you leave to work and even know that uh, this particular Thursday is a holiday and so we should leave it at a different temperature all day long. They're getting smarter. They're getting easier to use. And remarkably, you can actually now control these things remotely. I mean, some of them tie right into the internet, and you could be away on vacation and want to come back to a house that's air-conditioned, and you have no idea what time you're going to get back and how long it takes to pack up the kids. You can go onto the internet and turn that thing on so your house is comfortable when you get there. Imagine you're within the last hour of home, and like, you whip out your, your iPhone, and you turn up the heat. Yeah, or when you're at work, you turn it down on your spouse. <laughs> Oh, no, I didn't say that. That'd be so mean. No, wait. We're talking about adjusting the temperature, hot, cold, whatever it might be, season-wise. What is the temperature differential that we should really focus on to maximize our energy savings? Now, we're talking 15 degrees or 4. You know, what is it? Well, I'm not sure if there is actually a magic number. I certainly don't know what the magic number is because there's something subjective here. But I will tell you that there are some diminishing returns. If if you enjoy it to be 72 degrees when you're in the house and you're going to be gone for eight hours, it is not a good practice to turn it off all the way down to 38 degrees between the hours of 8 a.m. and 3 p.m. Because at some point, your mechanical equipment has to work so much harder to recharge the house. Yeah, that's a good point, especially when it comes to the cooling season. Because I know in the cooling season, uh, you know, everything in your house holds so much heat. If you make a point of turning the AC completely off, it's got to work and work and work and work to recoup that. So a few degrees, I think, goes a long way. Now, when it comes to actually installing your programmable thermostat, is there a location in the house that's better than others? Oh, absolutely. I mean, think about it. It's basically a thermometer that is measuring the temperature uh, of the air, and then it's telling the air conditioning or the heating system to come on or come off. So you don't want to stick it on an outside wall. That's going to be the hot wall in the summer or the cold wall in the winter. You probably want to think about putting it on an interior wall in a wall that is sort of central to the space, the space that you're actually going to be occupying that you want to come up to a certain temperature. And also, if you've got a hot air system, don't put it next to one of the registers where it's blowing hot air or cold air conditioning right onto the thermostat or right next to a radiator because that's going to trick the thermostat into thinking that it is colder or hotter than it actually is. And whatever you do, don't put it opposite the fireplace. That could be a big mistake (laughs) when that heat comes on. Your thermostat is going to think that it's very, very warm in the house when that just isn't the case. Not Mm -hmm. a good idea. 
Great advice and an easy way to save your energy dollars. Kevin O'Connor, host of TV's This Old House, thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Thanks for having me, guys. For more tips, including a video of how to install a programmable thermostat, visit thisoldhouse.com. And, of course, you can watch Kevin and the entire This Old House team on This Old House and Ask This Old House on your local PBS station. And This Old House and Ask This Old House are brought to you by The Home Depot. The Home Depot, more saving, more doing. Up next, sneaky decorating tips that you can do before and after decking the halls to make your post-Christmas cleanup quick and easy. The Money Pit is brought to you by Stanley Tools, your trusted name in quality hand tools. To learn more about their complete line of quality tools and everything for your toolbox, visit stanleytools.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. One caller we talked to on the air this hour is going to win a liquid wrench sample pack, which includes five and a half ounce versions of the six most popular liquid wrench sprays. This is a must-have for your toolbox because you'll always have the right wrench for every job. The liquid wrench sample six pack retails for about 18 bucks. It's available nationwide at Lowe's and other major retailers. Going to go out to one caller that reaches us with their home improvement question right now at one eight 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 Money Pit. That's right. Pick up the phone and give us a call. We'd love to help you out with your home improvement projects. Well, this time of year is my favorite because holidays are just so wonderful and I love to do all of the decorating that goes along with the holiday season. But you know what I don't love is the post-Christmas cleanup. So I came up with a few ideas to help. First, skip the tinsel. It gets everywhere, and you're going to be finding strands of it until the summer, probably even until next Christmas. You can use strings of beads instead. They're just as pretty and no mess, so that is a bonus. Also, you can go for foil wrapping paper. It's not as easy to rip open, so kids will be forced to pull it apart along the tape seams, which means less bits of paper to clean up. And finally, remember that pine needles are probably the biggest after-holiday cleanup that you are going to have. So just put a big tarp near the tree to catch the bulk of those needles when you bag it to take it out of the house. And you know what my favorite thing is to buy the day after Christmas? Is those tree bags. <laughs> they're always they're always like you know near the door for about a buck. I'll buy a couple and throw them in with the Christmas decorations so I have one ready for next year. I love those things because they're like a big uh, hefty bag to cover the whole tree and get it outside without dropping any needles. Our tree is always way too fat for it. And when we go to pull it up, you know, it's like the tree is yeah. so petrified at that point that the tree is like ping, 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 Just poking bursting up through it, right? <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, here's an easy way to keep uh, Christmas tree lights from tangling uh, next year. When you wrap them up, You want to push one end of them through a paper towel or a wrapping paper tube and then wind the rest of the string around the outside and plug the other end into itself. And voila, no more tangled lights. They will come apart just as easy as when you wrap them up at the end of the season. So hope that helps you out and happy decorating. 888-666-3974. Let's get back to those phones. Leslie, who's next? All right. Suzette and George is calling in with a window issue. Tell us what's going on at your money pit. Hi. Um, we have double-hung windows. Um, I think that's what they call, they're called. They open from the top and the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they're also double-paned, so they're supposed to be greatly insulated, right? Um, but every time the wind blows a bit, probably every month or so, we have to check them because they, they 
drop or sag at the bottom some. I mean, at the top. Um, they'll, like, fall down a little bit. And I don't know if we should correct that with maybe the latches. Well, don't you have a sash lock between yeah, the two? Yeah, don't you keep them locked? There, there are two on either side of the window, but they're not catching tight enough. Okay. So you need to adjust the window to get it to catch. Because okay. those windows, you know, may not stay up with a good strong breeze and a lot of rattling. They may fall down a little bit in their track. So you need to figure out what's wrong with the window to adjust it to get that to work. So you could have a shifting of the window or, or maybe it's not closing squarely, but you need to use those latches. Otherwise, the windows will never, you know, completely close. Nor will they be energy efficient. Right. Okay. So adjust them, meaning move them closer no, it means actually, you know, adjust the window so that they will lock. You know, maybe you need to get a handyman to help you with this, but it shouldn't be that big of a deal. And they should be a little bit tight because when you latch them, they actually press the top of the window into the head jam and the bottom of the window into the sill. Which creates the energy efficient seal, which keeps the windows efficient and keeps, exactly. you know, the, the breezes out. <laughs> Well, great. That should help me a lot because I, I hope to save some money this winter doing those kinds of things around that here. That must be why your heating bills are so expensive because they're getting a lot of drafts in around those windows. If you get a real tight seal, um, that will make a big difference. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Up next, too much moisture is one of your home's worst enemies. But how do you know if you've got a problem? We'll have some of the telltale signs and ways to fix moisture problems after this. On the Money Pit Radio Show. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Got a home improvement question? Pick up the phone and call us at 888-MONEYPIT or head on over to moneypit.com and visit the new community section where you can ask a question or even answer a question because we're not the only people that answer questions around here. We know that you've got lots of answers too. <laughs> and we would love if you would go to moneypit.com and uh, sort through some of those questions. And if you've got an answer, certainly post it right there and help somebody else out. And there's so many new questions coming in every day in our community section, just like this one from Josh in Michigan who wrote, in my bathroom, I have been having some problems with what looks like uh, with what looks like drips on the wall. These drips are sometimes a yellowish color and more noticeable after a shower. Is this a venting problem? Certainly sounds like it. it could totally. I mean, I would ask you, Josh, what, what kind of ventilation system do you have right now? Probably um, nothing. Probably nothing. I mean, if you, and frankly, a lot of windows, a lot of bathrooms, uh, the building code allows you to build them with no ventilation system. As long as there's is, a window. It's always crazy because, I mean, you're living in Michigan and I can't imagine you throwing that window open in January or February or <laughs> some other well, winter and, month. And, and also an open window really doesn't always create that much movement to actually take that moist air from the bath out of doors. Yeah, that's true. So you really do need to have a good quality ventilation system. Now, what you should do, since you have a big moisture buildup, is add a motion detector to that so that the vent fan comes on when someone enters the bathroom. And then and it stays on for another five to ten minutes after you leave it. So you'll always be venting lots of uh, moist air out of the bathroom and replacing it with drier air from the rest of the house. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, the most important thing is once you get that vent fan installed is that you use it. And when you do have it installed, make sure it is truly vented out of doors and not just into your attic, which is going to cause a whole host of insulation problems. So just make sure it goes right outside. All right, now we have a question that was posted from Mary who wrote, I was wondering if you know any company that will make metal outside doors in a small size. I have a small outside door that is wood and I've refinished it many times, but it's just not repairable anymore. The door measures 24 inches wide by 81 inches high. I can't put a bigger door in this space without removing and refinishing the entire whole front of my garage. My home is an older home and this little door is part of its style. Hmm. That is an excellent question, Mary. And in fact, what I would tell you to do is not replace it with a metal door, but to replace it with a fiberglass door because a fiberglass door is not going to rust or ding or dent. Mm -hmm. It's going to be much more energy efficient. And I know, in fact, that Thermatrue who is one of our sponsors, does make a two-foot-wide fiberglass entry door. You'll find that that is a very strong, durable, energy-efficient door um, that will solve that problem for you. And the standard 81-inch high, well, that's simply a six-foot, eight-inch door. I mean, the, the difference of an inch and two is only probably because of the way you're measuring it. But mm-hmm. that is a standard two-foot, zero by six-foot-eight door size. Uh, and again, it's available in fiberglass. Go to thermatrue.com, and you can look up the door of your choice right there. And you know what's nice about going with a fiberglass door over a metal door is that it gives you the option to go with, you know, a raised or a recessed panel look, which could then enhance the style of the home rather than just being something you know, simple, which a metal door would be. Absolutely. All right, we have another question here that was posted by Charles in Colorado who says, how hard is it to replace faucets in our bathroom and kitchen sinks? We have zero DIY skills. (laughs) Is this something we could do ourselves? Are you feeling lucky, Charles? <laughs> Are you? <laughs> you know, that's not a good starting home improvement uh, project that you can do yourself there, Charles. It's very difficult to work in that space. It's hard to get your hands up and around all of those faucets. And, you know, I'll tell you what happened to me the last time I went to change a faucet. The uh, the valve actually broke right in half in my hand because it was uh. an old faucet. But because being a home improver, I knew to turn the main water valve of the house off first before I started it. Mm-hmm. So able to quickly run out to the home center uh, or hardware store and pick up another one and get it fixed. So I don't think that that's a good starter plumbing project. Maybe you should start with something more like painting. Mm-hmm. Or start with picking up the phone and calling in a plumber. <laughs> This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Happy holidays, everybody. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. We hope you enjoy your weekend, get lots of stuff done. Perhaps you're doing some shopping. Perhaps you're doing some decorating. Remember, if you run across a home improvement question any time of the day or night, all you got to do is head on over to moneypit.com, post it in the community section, or pick up the phone and call us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone.